You know, I love when, when there's like a lot of themes and a lot of like concepts. And this record, the concept is that they're coming together. Like we always talk about Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message. The medium of them coming together is really the message, which is dope. You can't really ask for more. Yo, it's Hatchet Chat with flares and snacks. You juggalo homies talking hatchet tracks. There's hatchet beats and hatchet raps. The whole catalog's packed full of classic gems. And we talk about them all on, on Hatchet, hatchet Chat. Chat. Whoop, whoop. What up, Juggalos? Welcome back to Hatchet Chat. We got another cool episode for you to cover. Another piece of uh, incredible, dope, fresh awesomeness that we've gotten this late spring slash early summer. Of course, last episode, me and Lars did Shaggy Two Dopes. Hold on, I'm going to try and get the title right. Shaggy Two Dope presents Professor Shags and the Quest for the Ultimate Crew. Um, and this episode, of course, we're covering the three-headed monster release, Obliteration. Lars, man, what are some of your thoughts? We were talking about how the Chimera, which is a fire-breathing monster from Greek mythology, has, it's a female, first of all, has a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail. So if we were to extrapolate, like, the imagery of, of the psychopathic and horrorcore underground, how it would manifest itself in the metonymy of the chimera. Jay's the lion's head because he's obviously the one funding this project and leading the way. Isham's the goat body because he's the goat, the greatest of all time. He created the wicked-ish. And Ouija's <laughs> the serpent because he's got like that sick, quick, fast rapping style and he's like the one like pulling the train from behind and like holding it down. So the chimera is what we were thinking about. And it's also the kaiju element of the Gaidora, which is the three-headed dragon. I don't know if I pronounced that right. It's like a Japanese word, but um, that's like the cover art, the three of them. The nerdcore guys and I, we even created a similar thing, taking something from the popular culture, the four horsemen of the apocalypse in front of that was like, well, we all wear glasses. Lars wears contacts, but when he's not Wearing contacts, he wears glasses, and we're the four-eyed horsemen of the apocalypse. So it's a similar thing. You know, take, take the brand, the number of you, and reference it to something in the popular culture, which works. And that's why our tours with the Nerdcore stuff back when we were doing that were good. Um, not to make it about my small subgenre, but, like, it's just interesting how the way you catch people's attention is doing collaborations. You know, I love when, when there's, like, a lot of themes and a lot of, like, concepts and... This record, the concept is that they're coming together. Like we always talk about Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message. The medium of them coming together is really the message, which is dope. You can't really ask for more. So I said a lot, man. Do you want to talk about the background and, and we can start talking about the tracks? No doubt, dude. What's crazy about this too, like it's a new super group in the Juggalo lore, the three-headed monster, like we were talking about, Ishan, Violent J, and Ouija Mac. We first heard that three-headed monster name uh, in relation to the three-headed monster tour with those three homies and then to all of our surprise uh, we got a single uh, fire breathing from the group which was also released as a CD single for the VIP tour package and the first day of the tour we got an announcement that there would be a full three-headed monster project just two days after that announcement so that's when this was able to um, be heard in its entirety June 1st, and we may as well get into the track breakdown. What do you think, Lars? Let's do it. I like how the intro track flips the Twilight Zone sample, so we all of a sudden have this like classic horror uh, 
just surreal vibe. I guess it's like Twilight Zone is not so much horror, right? It's more like science fiction kind of horror and like Godzilla mm -hmm. is kind of more science fiction than horror because it's like a lot of the um, kaiju stuff is what happens when your entire culture has been rocked by a nuclear event and mutation becomes part of your cultural lexicon, right? So like Godzilla right. and everything. That's why a lot of the anime like Akira and everything is like how you function and find agency in a post-apocalyptic society. And a lot of the dark carnival mythology is like in a post-World War II society where car manufacturing and the economies of Germany and Japan have taken the opportunities from Gen X in the Midwest. How do you f use hip hop to find redemption? So like you can draw connections between that, right? How the, how the horrors of the mid 20th century both affected, informed, and gave sort of like thematic agency to the popular culture. That's like something they tie into. Twilight Zone is like, what happens when your sense of reality is flipped? You know, and it's like, right. that's why that show was so interesting because it was like, what if one little thing goes wrong? What do you think about it? What's cool about it too is like the production on this intro kind of has, it kind of foreshadows some of the production on the actual project with that more like orchestral kind of sound, almost reminiscent. We were talking about this, Lars, of that Jedi mind tricks kind of style of production, even some necro stylings on here. Um, super cool, of course. Basically a simple intro, Violent J in the second half, uh, Violent J, Isham, and Ouija come on and introduce themselves each as a different part of that three-headed monster. And then we go into track two, Fire Breathing, that was released as a single off of this album. And this one is produced by a very dope producer called Dead Heat. We'll just mention the producers real quick because there's no official production credits for the full project as of the recording of this episode, but we do know some of the producers because some of them went on social media to promote the album and talk about it when it came out. One of those was Dead Heat. He did a couple of tracks on there, including this one. The beat is so crazy. You got Jay Isham, Ouija Mac, exchanging raps about all the horrific things and all the chaos the three-headed monster is capable of. You know what it reminds me of? I feel like I gotta listen to this um, album while playing the game Rampage. Remember the arcade game yeah. Rampage where you could <laughs> choose the, the, either the giant lizard, the wolf, or the uh, King Kong-style monster? I, that's what I'm doing after we record this, man. And they made a, they made a Rampage movie. I, I never saw it with, with um, The Rock a few years ago. Dude, that went so far under my radar, I can't even express it. That I can't believe the word, the combination of words that just came out of your mouth. There's a, a movie based on Rampage with The Rock. Yeah, in 2018. Dude, speaking of Twilight Zone, I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone that that movie exists. I can't believe I never heard of it. That's crazy. Pretty Sounds um, pretty fresh, though. I have not seen it, but I definitely was excited about it and then didn't see it. And that didn't get great reviews, but that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> we are we stay positive on Hatchet Chat. And then the next song has the training day sample, right? About what is the sample? Yeah, crushing. Um it uh, that King Kong ain't got bleep on me is from Training Day the the Denzel Washington movie. There's also another uh sample that says similar a similar thing King Kong ain't got nothing on me. I'm not sure who uh what that sample is from, but uh that uh, goes in with that big kaiju kind of theme that's very prevalent on this release. And Crushing is just basically flexing in the form of a giant uh, kaiju monster. And then Clownzilla, shout out to Shaggy, who also worked on the Shaggy 2 Dope record, 
is yeah man just shaggy the airhead shaggy the airhead it's just jay though this song right yeah man for sure and and that's the thing about this record like there's like i think at least one solo track from each of the members on this project and this is the first one clownzilla as you mentioned produced by shaggy the airhead just going hard with more of those kaiju themes talking about how he's clownzilla i love that zug island reference too uh, god zuggalo clownzilla no like you know still repping that zug island of course part of um, Detroit and just dark carnival lore. Juggalos for Jesus. When I heard this song, I was like, man, Ouija is going like hardcore wicked shit, just ruthless, basically. Reminiscent of that that Esham, old school Esham flavor. And it's almost like poetic in a way because you got like this next generation of the the wicked shit in a super group with Violent J and Esham, like, some of the two biggest pioneers of the wicked shit of course each um you know coined the term wicked shit but isham got a lot more kind of uplifting lyrics in fact the next song we're going to talk about like it's almost such a weird poetic juxtaposition on this song straight up just wicked shit rapping man yeah it's a great song but he i guess he's saying they laughed at him for being a juggalo yeah like from the intro and outro um, like with that low pitch down preacher character, it is like the the preacher does seem to look down on the juggalos as like evil and and stuff like that. It is kind of a characterization of like maybe like one of those hellfire and brimstone preachers. I I'm a fan of Ouija and so it's cool, but I would have loved to. I don't know. I don't know why this song struck such a chord and why I've been talking about it so much. But uh, well, man, yeah. Well, yeah. dude, it it can be like it's just it's intense, dude, and it's funny because. Um, you know, these days the animosity is there against religion. Of course, you know, church hurt is a real thing. People have had bad experiences. But there's this like shift where, you know, hardcore evangelicals, I think, I think they always had, were poked fun at. But now it's like, you can see it happen. You know, one of our favorite shows, The Simpsons, right? Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders was always like the most upstanding character. Um, on that show, of course, they poke fun at how devout they were, the whole family. But he kind of morphed over the years into like a character, a caricature, just to poke fun almost at evangelicals. So it's it's funny how we've seen that cultural shift in a short amount of time. And I, I, I'm not saying this is indicative of that because, of course, each Ouija is a wicked shit fan. He could just be trying to write some ruthless ass lyrics. But you're right that those vigilante themes aren't present on this one. They're just yeah, they're just anarchist in a way, which right. is like in a way that's kind of the like cultures become fragmented. So anything that's like remnant of centralized power, people are distrustful of. I think, and that's why right. church is part of that. So like a song like Ouija's now we're talking about like church and its role in in western culture like he's gotten us talking and that's what good art does i would never want to censor the dude obviously and like he's a great rapper and he's some great bars so you know the song was dope and i and i wanted to leave it alone but i think it was one of the biggest tracks on there and i don't want to sell my soul so let's talk about the next three what are they called transition (laughs) yeah that's right dude and don't sell your soul which is that track we were talking about with isham that giant juxtaposition between Juggalos for Jesus and uh, Don't Sell Your Soul. This one is actually also produced by Dead Heat, and it's an Isham solo track. 
again, it's that flip-flop. Isham was the originator of some of the most like ruthless lyrics, the most outwardly satanic lyrics, and now he's got kind of a spiritual, uh, like a positive, uplifting message, giving you advice uh, to stay, you know, focused and don't sell out because you know um, whether it's just a, a more just literal term as far as drugs or something else, it never uh, works out. And he's going through all kinds of um, different examples of this. And of course, there's a sample from the Scarface movie uh, underneath the hook and stuff. I think it's a dope track. What about you? I think it's tight. I could, li I could listen to Isham all day. I mean, what I think this album is missing is like songs where the three of them are using their size and being bigger is a reflection of their rap skills in the game. No doubt, man. And what's really uh, cool, Lars, I wanted to pick your brain about this one. The, uh, the hook where it's biggest, realist, killers, right? Did that oh. remind you of Sleepwalkers, choke them, kill them, stab them, right? I feel like it has to be an interpolation. What about you, man? The Hallow Wicked Track Sleepwalkers. Yeah, I think it's an interpolation too. I, I think it's on purpose. It's a reference yeah. to that. I think uh, so, man. I thought that was a cool throwback. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ouija pitched that because he's so like, he's such a student of the old school stuff, you know? I don't know. Right. And Jay's like, okay, that's dope. I didn't, I didn't realize that was a Hallow Wicked single. For some reason, I felt, I felt like that was on Ringmaster or something because it stands out as one of the more iconic songs. But that is a, like, he's like, da 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 da. That's his whole flow, right? Dude, yes. And the funny thing you mentioned that melody, that almost has a throwback on Revenge on Flip the Rat, the EP that came with Fearless Fred Fury. That really has that same kind of melody too. So it's almost like. You're right, this track is so iconic that it gets shouted out. That is interesting. It's like Dirtball was on Heavy right. Metal, but then it's in the, the outro on the on the Wraith. It's like, right. it's interesting how, yeah, the single- Those deep cuts the deep can cuts. become, you know, yep. Who put the chicken off the plate? Who took the chicken off the plate and put it in the fridge? That's famous. Yeah. You're so right, man. There's Yeah, that's another great example of these like, Things that if it was a normal band, it would be like probably 20% of people would maybe get the reference. But because Juggalos were so ravenous and, you know, we just we will listen to everything they put out pretty much that a random track would become huge. Like Take Me Home, we talked about on Forgotten Freshers number three, you know, a B-Sides Rarity compilation. The final track on that has been used to close out concerts and just goes to show, man, uh, like... Uh, ICP put their all into whatever they're doing. Or how about a song that's so iconic and like people reflect it, uh, connect it with an era that was never on the record, like the Juggalo chant, right? That was never came out, but that's like, that's the Wraith theme song. It's like, it's crazy, right? It's just so weird. Doesn't it feel yeah, like that dude. was on the Wraith, but it wasn't, it was just the live, we will Yeah, and it was on die. like that sampler thing, you know, the, the six sampler and, but it never, like, I think those are just handed out. I'm not even sure what those were all about because it, it came with, like, an audio version of the seminar, and you're totally right. Like, that is one of the biggest chants. Everybody knows that song. I bet you if you went to the YouTube rip of it, it's got, like, a ton of listens. Uh, a, another great example, absolutely. This is for the hardcore, and if you're listening and you're paying <laughs> much attention, if you email me at lars at mclars.com, I'm going to send you an unreleased song. Um, by Dude. ICP. No, just kidding. By me. <laughs> <laughs>
Man, I will call that flavor as well, man. You can email me at mcsnacks709 at gmail.com. I will also send you an unreleased song. You're right. The people listening, you got to be hardcore about this stuff like we are. So we want to hook you up, man. We did it once before, I think. I maybe maybe forgot freshness before. People were hitting us up. So I still Mark got you- a few more that have not seen the light of day. That's what's up. Um, Isham is talking about spirituality and social issues. His conscious hip-hop song, it's cool that the, the OG is like holding it down with some wisdom, you know? Isham's got a good heart. Yeah, dude, Isham's the man, and dude, he just is come. He really stands out on this album, in my opinion. Like, in some ways, he kind of stole the show, if there is such a thing. I think everybody killed it, but I found myself, you know, with the first half, I was really looking forward to, you know, more Isham. And, uh, you know, he gets kind of a bit more deeper on this, again, kind of talking about everything, a bit of everything, but he's he's kind of being more serious. And it's cool because he's kind of addressing, you know, his staying power in hip hop and his place in hip hop as the scene morphed. And I know you were feeling that public enemy sample from uh, Can't Trust It and The Hook, right? I was feeling that and I loved how they cleared it and like how they gave Chuck D a split of the streaming royalty is awesome. So shout out to them for that. Like that was cool. And um, no doubt. I, I have a toady story, but it's not a good one. So, but I'm gonna share it anyway. My friend Sean, who was Bowling for Soup's tour manager, is from Dallas, and he was tour managing the Toadies, and they played Slims in San Francisco. And I came and hung out with them on the bus. They're real friendly and asking about the tour I did with Bowling for Soup and sharing their their sodas and everything. And they were real nice to a young MC Lars who was excited to see his boy Sean tour managing them. And they were real cool and humble, nice people who were just out there happy to be like selling out, you know, mid-sized venues back in 2005. So I always loved Possum Kingdom and I, I love that song a lot because they were cool to me. You know what I'm saying? So like when I heard Jay doing this, I'm like, oh, and I always felt like this song was kind of like a, it's like another love song. It's just like a strange song where he's threatening to kill someone, but you know, he's checking for that 90s alt rock and taking songs that have a weird theme by these one hit wonder bands and then making them his own. That's definitely a 2021, 22, 2023 Violent J aesthetic. And that's just because the culture is so decentralized. He's reminding us that it didn't always used to be. And the songs are cool. What do you think about his, his cover? Yeah, dude, I think that another love song with the Beck kind of uh, cover is totally, it's a good analogy for this one. I think Jay is just kind of having fun. He even references like uh, doing like karaoke. I forget exactly what he says, but something like, I hope you enjoy the karaoke or some karaoke fun or something like that, Uh, which I think just indicates he's just, uh, you know, basically doing this cover for, for kicks and uh, it's wild man like it's it's the full song basically there is some lyrics uh that were changed around and i only know this because i was going through the lyrics on genius and a, a ninja we shouted out before uh mushy uh mustard transcriber he actually uh put in some annotations that the lyrics uh my blushing bride my lover were trained were were changed to in this version my rotting bride dead lovers and then also the lyrics in the original with dark hair and soft skin were changed to with white hair and pale skin almost reminiscent of some of that cemetery girl flavor another thing significant and leave it 
two psychopathic records artists to put something this kind of intriguing and important in a random song like a toadies cover on a you know basically a tour project release because on this song Lars, dude there's some back masking and again from genius i uh, found uh and this was submitted by a ninja named the ghost of horror uh, which it said was accepted by Mushy Mustard Transcriber, so I don't know if he's like a moderator or how that works. But that's what the credits were for this annotation because the back masking on this track apparently says, it's the sixth, it's the sixth purgatory, that which thou wants, thou gets. Lars, that's huge, dude. If we're getting the sixth, you know, hints and Easter eggs, man, what are your thoughts, bro? Well, purgatory is the upcoming Isham record, right? That's exactly, that that's another thing. So Juggalos aren't really sure, like, is is the sixth, is it going to be purgatory besides like Hell's Pit and Shangri-La? Because ICP have mentioned before that uh, Hell's Pit and Shangri-La were going to be the logical conclusion to the second deck as well. But this kind of makes it seem like maybe it'll be a purgatory theme. But like you said, Isham, his upcoming album, he's been promoting for a while, it's called Purgatory. I don't know, dude. My thoughts are racing. My speech is racing. I, I, I can't make any sense of it, but I'm excited. Yeah, that's, that quote's interesting because in Matthew 7, 7, that which thou seekest, thou shalt find. And that's like a oh, variation dude. of that. So it's like what you put out there comes back to you. So do you want to die? It's like, okay, if trying to find redemption by going back to like this sad message. You know what I mean? Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So is that a ma- it might be a Matthew 7 7 reference. I don't know, right. man. I don't know. It's exciting though, right? Well, yeah, but they're also plugging Isham's record, Purgatory. Right. Yeah, which is and cool. It might be a double. And maybe, maybe I see, maybe like it could be both. Like the Joker's cards could have Purgatory themes as well, but it could be just a hybrid plug. Hard to say. Kicking a bass is ill. I play this song for my son a lot. And he likes this and he likes Illuminati, Illuminati Don't Want Me. And I bump those two when mommy's not in the car. Kicking the Bass has a great sample of Dead Body Man from Terror Wheel and Riddle Box. And uh, I messaged Devereaux, said it's my favorite beat on the record. He hit me back right away. Thanks, bro. Much love, bro. Because Devereaux's nice with the Instagram DM. Shout out to our boy Devereaux. This song yeah, is dope. Much love, Devereaux. It's not the first time WG Max been rapping over a sample from Dead Body Man and it being this ill, like Dead Body Man 3, where I first heard Ouija. So hopefully he'll keep sampling Dead Body Man because it works. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's so crazy because we were talking about Shaggy Two Dope's EP and how it kind of uh, has some of those throwbacks of the cowbells and that lo-fi, pro- lo-fi production to uh, Memphis... Uh, production flavor like that Memphis horror cr- horror flavor and this really has that with those pitched down repeated vocal samples that Devereaux's doing uh, this is one of those tracks we know who produced it Devereaux and just crazy dope production he's also done that on some other uh, beats that he's done with those old school wicked shit samples pitched down vocal samples love it Ouija's just going hard and you're right, man. Ouija must be a fan of that Dead Body Man song because this is like uh, one of a couple references. So dope. That chopped and screwed thing is a Houston DJ screw thing that like that influenced Memphis hip hop a lot. So that's right. kind of the vibe of that. Yeah, it's just classic. Shaggy has a little skit where he's talking about the three-headed monster over the orchestral samples. And then Mikey Clark is remixing Fire Breathing, which is dope. And then the record's over. So yeah, strong, strong. Uh, tour mixtape that uh, will definitely 
be remembered. And we're waiting on Weeping Woe, still very looking forward to that, in addition to the sixth Joker's card that's imminent. And uh, we might get them close together based on that uh, interesting Easter egg on Possum Kingdom. Juggalos, we want you to have a safe gathering and, uh, you know, just enjoy. We'll be with you in spirit. Lars and I aren't going to be in there, be there in person this year. But we are with you in Juggalo spirit. Right, Lars? Whoop, whoop. This is great. And I appreciate everyone checking for Hatchet Chat and for subscribing to the new channel. That's what's up. I'm MC Lars. I'm MC Snacks. Y'all whoop whoop and much clown love. Whoop whoop.